What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to our very first episode. We did it, Spoon, of Counting Me Out. We are here. Oh, my gosh. Yes, the very first. I'm JQ, former college athlete, (laughs) sports personality, and owner of JQ Sports PR. And I got my friend here, Spoon. Man, this is your boy, Spoon, man, sports junkie, high school basketball coach. I'm just trying to figure it out. Look, like I said, we made it. It's been some months, right? First one, man. A lot of time, a lot of, a lot of text conversations, Zoom meetings. We ain't got to talk about it. No, we ain't going to get into that. All that matters is we executed, right? And um, I'm excited about it. I know when I came up with the idea of the name of the podcast, I'm a very passionate person, right? And I try to find something that resonates with the everyday person, Absolutely. right? And it counted me out. And I know I can speak from personal experiences from, you know, my basketball journey where people counted me out, even my coaches. You know, when I made the transfer from the MEAC conference down to JUCO, you know, I had people asking me, like, why are you making this move? Stay where you at. You know, fight through adversity. But they didn't know the story, right? right? So, you know, going through that journey and people counting me out and then just, you know, really paying attention to these high school athletes. And like I said, the everyday person that's trying to build and trying to get to the top, they may be looked at as the underdog, Absolutely. right? And I know you can speak from experiences as well because, you know, former college athlete. Yeah. Talk to us, man. Yeah. You're you so know, modest no, about no, it. No, 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 Y'all you know, in the Drew me, movie. The big, okay, okay. <laughs> so the biggest thing for me was, you know, growing up, it was it was uberly competitive in my household. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got, I was last place in everything that we did. Mm-hmm. Two older brothers and an older sister, and they're way more competitive than I am. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they shaped and molded my inner person. To be what it is now. Like, I don't, if we're walking to the car, I don't, I don't want you to beat me walking to the car. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was instilled in me from the beginning because it was taking the groceries. Who can get the most grocery bags in the wow, house? Wow. Yeah, it was, was very competitive. Everything. So from, you know, it was, it was a lot to, to get to the point where, you know, people got to see the finished product. You know, now it was a whole lot different because they got social media. So you're the middle child. Youngest. Youngest. So you got two older brothers and an older sister. And an older sister. Okay, so I was going to ask you, do you have that middle middle child syndrome? But... No, no, no. My brother does, though. Oh, Lord. My brother is uberly middle childish, <laughs> for sure. Uberly. Still right now today, uberly middle childish. Like, my sister tries to take the reign as middle. You're not a middle child. You're the yeah. only girl. Big difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we are extremely close-knit. We talk all the time now. You know, everybody has kids now, so mm-hmm. we're all married. Marriage is a beautiful thing. It is, man. It is. It is. It took a long time, but it's worth yeah. the wait. So, yeah. You know, it's 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 a part of the journey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the one of those end steps. You know, once you start there, you just brand new life with your yeah. forever person. So, yeah. You know, it's pretty dope. So what I wanted to do with this show is to get our audience um, an idea or an image of who we are. Right. We're going to bring some dope people in for guests. Right. All the way from high school athletes, college pro, um, some business owners, sport influencers. But I think it's important for the viewers or the audience to to get to know who we are as people. So, like I said, you know, earlier, former Memphis college basketball player. Talk to us about your journey. Like, how was it? How was your recruiting process? Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, I want to shout out the side of town I'm from, you know, two fingers and a thumb because we are from the north. No Wait, th. hold on. You said two what? Two fingers and a thumb. 
Two fingers. Oh, okay. And a thumb. And a thumb. There we go. The NOF. The NOF. Right. Okay. The so, NOF. No TH. Okay. N A W F. No TH. NOF. 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 I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Go ahead with your story. Yeah, okay. I got it. But yeah, you know, we, we from, I went to Berkman High School, graduated in 2008, you know, was runner up for region player of the year. Third in Mr. Georgia basketball votes was a Jordan Brand All American. Oh wow! Okay. You know, so when it came to the recruiting process for me, I got to watch both my older brothers go through it. Mm-hmm. So it was it was cut and dry for me. I wasn't, you know, the the. I don't want to sound crazy, but when I was going through my process, I eliminated a whole lot of schools off my list just off how they treated my brother mm. growing up. So you know that was. Schools, that I won't name names, but there were schools that didn't even stand a chance. Before they sent me their first letter, it was no for me because of how they did my brother. So there's no way you can expect me to treat you guys serious. And right. you guys gave my brother, you know, the bad end of the stick. So, But, you know, it was it was that was a time where family was uberly important because it wasn't just my decision to make. You know, in the end it was, but I, everybody had input. You know, so I went through and coaches came to my home visits I used to have my friends come and you know one of my best friends growing up was a huge Florida fan and when Billy Donovan came to the house I made sure he was there so he got to sit through the home visit you know meet Billy Donovan some oh, of my dope. aunts and uncles had favorite coaches when they came I'd tell them pull up to the house you know mm-hmm. your coach gonna be here you mm-hmm. know, come shake his hand give him a hug or something so it was cool just going through that process back then it's totally different now you know the, yeah. the whole process is different now but you know, and the, the end result stayed the same. So, you know, I uh, I did end up choosing Memphis. Played four years there, so you know, it was cool. Did your did your parents drill the coaches when they came for the in home visits? Um, for me, it was it was more like a more like a job interview than a home visit. Okay. Um, when they would come to my house, I would sit and listen to what they were selling. Eight times out of ten, it was the same exact message. Mm. You know, they come in and tell you, we want you to come, and we're going to guarantee you This is what we're going to do for you. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and so the reason I chose Memphis was it was cut and dry. Cal came in. Coach Cal, that's my man. Oh, man. Cal Cal and, you know, his assistant coaches pulled up to my crib in a black, you know, two, three black cars, black tenant windows. So that impressed you? No, it wasn't that. It was just when they they pulled up, you know, in in a fleet of black cars. You know, they jumped out, come in, we have our conversation. And the first thing Cal says out of his mouth is, listen, kid, I want you, but I don't need you. Hmm. So don't don't come here if you can't play. And that was it. He didn't have to say, he could have he, he he shook my hand and went on back to the crib. That was it. I ain't have to hear nothing else because I was so sick and tired of hearing, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to start and we're going to retire your jersey. And, you know, every coach, I mean, yeah. from – they all said the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a coach and his staff get on their knees, literally on their physically on their knees, and say, "Please come to my school." I'm like, bro, get up, bro. Are you serious? Get, get I don't up. think I've heard none like that before. And, you, no social media. Like, wow. didn't that, I didn't. Had social media been around there, I probably would have got on my Instagram. <laughs> Posted. Y'all would not believe just happened. Y'all ain't gonna believe this, bro. Like, dude, just here on his knees telling me to come. Wow. Play so, you know, it's, 
like I said, you know, social media is a gift and a curse. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of these kids, if you know how to use it right then, it's super dope. Mm -hmm. Because you can post your highlight tapes. The coaches come see what you look like. Yeah. Everything is right there. But, you know, we're coming up. Somebody heard about JQ. Mm -hmm. They had to pick a Friday, pick a Thursday evening, you know, plan their day out to make sure they can come watch the game. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just now I, can, I hear about a kid. I pull my phone out and I type his name in. I'm like, well, you know, he's got 40 highlight tapes, but. What does it look like when I see it? Right. Because you can always tell when the the, the guys in, in their respective sport, they don't got to just be basketball, baseball, football, whatever. Mm -hmm. They they treat it a certain way. You know, they, they approach it a certain way. They prepare for it a certain way. And, you know, the highlight tapes can only fool so many people. I know my story was a little different because um, I didn't have a lot of support from my high school coach. So I basically had to do everything. I had to jump on a computer and email coaches. Mm. I had to, well, my dad and I, we had to find a videographer and then we had to sit through the, through the game film and figure out, all right, we're going to put this in the final game film or whatnot. Um, so my last, my senior year, that's when I started getting a lot of offers. Mid, low division one schools. I didn't have too many JUCOs because at that time, nobody was talking JUCO. Yeah, like if you was going to, if you was going to junior college, you was a bum, yeah, right? Exactly. So all I heard was Division One, Division One, Division One. So my first, my freshman year went to Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, the the home in home visit, the coach just like Coach Cal was very honest. He said, "Look, I already have an upperclassman that's the starting point guard, but I'm looking for Jaquees to come in to be a lockdown defender. Because right. I tell everybody that's how I got my Division One scholarship was." solely off of defense. Right. I wasn't the scoring point guard, right. right? So he came in. He was very honest. He told my parents, like, look, your daughter's going to come in. She's going to play back up to the point guard that we have right now, but we're looking for her for defense. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, going getting a Division One scholarship, that was big for me. So I said, okay, you know, I'll take it. But I knew when I got there, if I wanted to start in position, I was going to have to work for it. Um, some things happened first semester. Second semester, I was a starting point guard for um, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. But some things transpired, and I went JUCO the second year. And, again, I had to do everything by myself. Like, that hard. Yeah. Like, having to go online, figure out, you know, who needed a point guard, so I went to a JUCO down in Texas, starting point guard. I had a very successful season. Where in Texas? Uh, Lufkin, okay. about an hour and a half away from from Houston. One of my good friends used to play. Uh, he played junior college ball in Waco. Oh, okay. Really good. Uh, but you know, Texas have some great JUCO schools uh, from uh, from basketball to football. But that was another reason why I went to Texas is because I knew the caliber of um, talent that they had there. But yeah, so second year, got there, um, got distracted, and failed two classes. Never failed a class before. I was always an A-B student until my sophomore man, year. You don't got to sell me, man. You don't got to sell me on your A's and B's. Man, I was, I, I failed two classes. And, you know, at the time, if you wanted to go to Division One out of JUCO, you had to get your associate's degree, right? right? Yeah. And I had North Texas, I had Louisville recruiting me out of JUCO. And they said, well, Miss Smith, in order for you to come play at our school, you have to have an associate's degree. But you got to go to summer school. Summer school, summer school for Bad, dumb kids. I'm not going to summer school. Oh, that's cap. Yeah. But I made the decision to go to Division Two. Nothing against Division Two, But if I would have 
made some changes during my sophomore year, I probably would have ended up either at Louisville or North Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I um, don't get caught up in that, man. Don't get caught up in the in the tier Mm -hmm. of college basketball Mm -hmm. because college basketball getting there in itself is a task. You know, so people get so caught up in, man, I want to go D1 and I don't want to go D. Man, listen, ain't but X amount of people going to get them jobs every single year. And if you're not cut out for it, you know, you're not cut out for it. But don't get caught up in the, man, if D1 a bus, because that's crap. Well, we know with the transfer portal, that's making things even harder for these kids. Yeah, I was watching I was watching an interview with uh, Gilbert Arenas, and he made a great point. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, these college coaches have – you know, it's a tough decision, but it's a whole lot easier now because now I, I can go get a replacement for the guy that's leaving my school, and I can go get a guy that's played college basketball already mm-hmm. at the Division One level or the Division Two level mm-hmm. or even the junior college level that's experienced in college that's not a 17-year-old kid who I'm really going to have to mold and groom right. to be the guy that I want him to be. I can go get that guy hot and ready like a little season pizza now. With you being a high school coach, are those conversations that you guys are having with your athletes? Absolutely. Okay. Because you have to prepare like it's your yeah. last game. You got to practice like it's your last practice every single time because there's a guy that's out there that's, you know, that doesn't like his situation and that doesn't have to sit out anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was almost a punishment to transfer cool schools when we were growing up because mm-hmm. you had to sit out a year. It's like, I don't want to, that's a, that's a bid. I don't want to sit out a year. Hell, I could just, I could figure it out here. Like when I was, I know you probably had the same situation going on where you were not able to go to your parents and say, I'm uncomfortable with my playing time. Can you have a meeting with the coach? (laughs) I couldn't have no meeting with the coach. Right. They weren't trying to hear all that. Like, boy, if you don't get out and go figure it out, like you got to, you want to play more, figure out how to play more. It's just that simple. I'm not, I'm not going to call your coach and, you know, your administrators to, no, we're not doing that. You got to figure it out. And you know it it it, it helped me, mm-hmm. but you know the the generation of kid now is just is is they're coddled. So anytime something goes wrong, I'm gonna call mom, I'm gonna call dad. Gonna... But I think to be honest, Spoon, it depends on the situation because if a kid is is in a situation where he has or she has to transfer, it's not because of playing time, right? Maybe they're unhappy or where they are as far as location. You know, coming out of high school, maybe they thought being far away from home is what they wanted but then realize they need to be around family. I think you, you should get one transfer. You should get one free transfer. So the one. Transfer, okay. The transfer portal now in itself is 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 getting out of hand now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I appreciate the idea, like the thought of the actual transfer portal, but I think they need to revisit and change some things. Put some things into place. Yeah, because yeah. I, I see kids go one school freshman year, another school sophomore year, another school junior year, another school senior year, and then a fifth year – to another school. And it's mm-hmm. like, what are we doing, bro? Like, it ain't the coach fault everywhere you go. Like, you got to You, gotta you might be the problem. And, yeah, you got to yeah. sit down and look in the mirror, bro, and figure some things out. Like, you know, it's 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 enabled a lot of these kids to, to think that there's something that they're not. And, you know, that's hmm. why a lot of their careers don't push past the point that they want them to go because it's it's always somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, accountability is thing in the past that's 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 a key word right there because you know sometimes i fault these parents oh for sure they're not upfront and honest with their kid like Mm -hmm. look son look daughter you you have dreams playing at the division one level but you might want to start looking and considering some d2 naia juco i think i don't know why juco has a bad rep 
Um, I think it's getting better. But I would tell I would tell anybody if you're not if you're if your mindset is to get to the division one, maybe go to JUCO route for a year or two. Right. You know what I tell kids all the time, especially now, is that if you can play, they're going to come find you. Right. Especially now Mm -hmm. because there's highlight tapes. So if you can play and you're really good, then you'll get you'll get found. They're going to somebody's going to repost your highlight tape, your game film from somewhere that we, it'll, it'll, it'll get on the internet and mm-hmm. it'll go crazy. Like mm-hmm. the kid that was at Ohio who went to the junior college and didn't play, was on the C team or something and then killed the C team, got moved up and then killed that and then moved up and then killed that and then finally got a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it happens like that now because social media, like it's, it's literally one of the greatest tools these kids have to utilize if you utilize it right because everybody's watching. But they're not just watching, you know, your post. They're watching the people that you follow, you know, the stuff that you like. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the higher ups are they're watching everything. So you know, don't don't think that you're getting over. But also, if you're using it right, then you know, I look, I can go click on this kid's page. Okay, I see. You know, oh, he volunteered at the. You know, all that stuff comes into play. It so, sure does. You know, these kids just gotta they gotta learn to utilize Instagram and Facebook and Twitter because that's what a lot of these older people. Or start to lean on mm-hmm. you know, the, the the generation before ours, the older people now, they don't know how to use social media. Right. So it's it's hard for them to kind of understand the principle of social media. So now our generation is the best of both worlds because we grew up using MapQuest where we had to go. Print our <laughs> I remember. Directions I off. remember them, man. You turn. You them feel in. me? We had to go print our directions <laughs> off. We in the car. Right. Man, you supposed to went left at the. You feel me? But now the kids now, they don't know how to operate without their phone. Right. You take their phone, and now they, they trying to fight you, and you, it's, it's different now. Mm-hmm. So we we are literally, we got caught in the perfect storm because you can drop me off anywhere in the city of Atlanta, and I'll be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. No phone, no nothing. But I can also, I can walk you through it on your phone if you, you feel me? Right. Like we're the perfect generation. Now, do you think, because I know you was a star at Memphis, if social... <laughs> <laughs> You're so modest about it. But honestly, though, if social media was around as, as it is now when you was at Memphis, do you think you would have utilized it the right For way? For sure. Okay, how? For sure. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's especially with the whole the NILs and, mm-hmm. oh, man, it would have been different. But you still would have been able to balance because I know a lot of coaches, they're going to say any names. I had DMs sent to me saying we shouldn't be – you know, educating these kids on NIL opportunities. I'm talking about high school kids. Because, you know, in some states and, you know, for high school student athletes, it's legal, right? for sure. So I had a coach that DM me and said, hey, you know, we don't need to be educating these kids about NIL. They need to focus just on ball, Mm. right? And for me, it's all about what's their plan B? What if they don't get the opportunity to play at the professional level, right? That's not, that's not everybody's bottom line. Mm -hmm. Everybody's bottom line didn't go to the NBA. Mm -hmm. Some people just want to have successful high school careers. Somebody want to just, they just want to go to college and play college ball. That might be their dream. Their dream might not be to play past that. I just want to go graduate college. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I got to do to get to college one. And then two to graduate for free because that's what it's all about. The end, the end of the, the, the end of it is, Getting these kids ready to be successful citizens Mm -hmm. because that's what it's all about. Now, you know, everybody can't play in the NBA. Everybody can't play overseas. Mm -hmm. It's just that's the harsh reality of it. I mean, it's not really harsh, but that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody can't go on to play post high school sports. It's just, you know, and that's okay. 
but you have to be ready and, and willing to accept what comes after that. Well, I know just from looking up Wikipedia, we didn't know that you were in the Drew movie. So how was that transition from... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about it okay. but how was that transition from being like a star basketball player because you've been playing the nba for um for a while and then you transition into being a movie star, oh, so, man, movie star <laughs> so how was how was that transition because i know a lot of athletes especially when they have that status in college being the big man on campus and you know taking the other route of you know outside of sports how did you how did you balance that how did you how was that transition? Shout out Tiger Nasa, first of all. Um, but we're literally on the couch, me and my wife, watching probably Netflix, scrolling on my phone. She's looking over my shoulder, and I'm scrolling, and she sees the open call casting. It's an ad. Now, this is just when ads first started popping up on Instagram out of nowhere. <laughs> so I'm scrolling, and I'm like, what the hell is this open call? Who do I following? You know, the game-changing films pops up. You know, it's an ad. Mm-hmm. And I just keep scrolling past it. And my wife was like, what was that? So I go back. She goes and fills out the information. I, okay. So what's, your wife's na- what's your wife's name? Dominique. I don't, know that, okay. I don't know that she does this. So I get an email from the people. We're out of town at the time. I get an email from the people. Hey, you know, uh, we got your information. We'd love to have you. And I was like. When I fill this out. Yeah, like, what, what is this? Like, what are you guys talking about? And she was like, oh, you know, my name is such and such from Game Changer Films, you know. And, you know, you said you're out of town. When you get back, you know, we'd love to have you. you just come on set and just see how things go. And I'm like, all right, cool. So come back in town like three days later, and uh, they're shooting at St. Phillips, the church right there on uh, Candler Road. So I pull up St. Phillips. I walk in, and it's like 100 guys in the gym. It's guys in there with headbands on, arm sleeves, long socks, Tims. I'm like, yeah, nah. Wait, are they in character, or no, that's just how they no, can't? No, no, This is how they're trying to get a shot in oh, the movie. They're, okay. They're, they're playing basketball, like playing pickup. In the gym, and it's hundred guys in there, and they're just they're going crushing. When I walk in, you know, I'm from I'm from Georgia, you mm-hmm. know, so and in the basketball community in Atlanta ain't so big, right? So when I walk in the gym, five six guys like, oh, spoon, like what's good, bro? And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> hey, like what's going on, bro? And so one of the directors ends up seeing, you know, the whole interaction. Like, mm. So now he's thinking like, well, who is this guy? Got people walking up to him. I'm not thinking anything of it. So he walks up to me and he's like, hey, man, like, what's your name? And I was like, Wesley Witherspoon. He was like, oh, we've been expecting you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he was like, uh, have you ever acted before? And I was like, nah, but I'm not really camera shy if that's right. what you're asking. Right. So he's like, all right, well, cool, come read these lines for me. Go to the back, read the lines. He's like, man, you're perfect. Um, I need you to fill out this information. And so I they didn't you- even audition. Mm-mm. So everybody else just like. No, they were, everybody else was shooting. They were trying to get a, like a scene in the act. You ever seen a basketball movie and it's a thousand guys in the back there dribbling balls, yeah. looking crazy. Yeah. Not really getting any lines right. in the movie, but you know, they're just dribbling, shooting jump shots or something. Like, so that was, everybody else was just in the back of the movie. Gotcha. Just, just extras. Yeah, just extras gotcha. in the back okay. of the movie. So I get to the back, I read the lines. He's like, perfect. Tomorrow, I need you to come to dress rehearsal. And I was like, okay, cool. So I show up to the spot and then I get an email from SAG, like the, the Screen Actors Guild. They were like, okay, well, you know, we rushed all your all your paperwork in. You're now, you know, a SAG after actor. So you have to be through the the whatever the SAG thing is. You have to be. You got to be affiliated to mm-hmm. even be considered an actor in itself. Period. You got to be. You got to be a part of Screen Actors Guild to be considered an actor. So I get there to the to the uh, to the dress rehearsal, 
and now I'm playing Casper. Like this is I'm I'm trying on the clothes, like all the jersey stuff. I'm Casper, so everything is cool. Like for two weeks, we're practicing, shooting all these scenes in the movie. Like we're rehearsing, we're going crazy. So the first day of actual film at call time was six a.m. I get there like five thirty. That's that athlete in you, you right feel there. Me? I, I eat a little breakfast, like I'm dressed, I'm stretching on the side, like I'm going, I'm ready, bro. And walks Aaron Gordon. Mind you, I grew up playing with Aaron's big brother, Drew. So Drew Gordon was Aaron's big brother, both played at UCLA, really good players, really athletic. So he walks in, I'm like, oh, what's up, little bro? Like, what you doing in here? He was like, oh, you know, I got a, my, my agent called me, you know, last night. You know, they want me to play the role of Casper. And I'm like, what the f- <laughs> Wait, what the hell? Like, I thought I was Casper, man. So as we had this interaction, one of the producers is walking by. And he's like, oh, you guys know each other. And I was like, yeah, so we do the whole deal. And he's like, man, you know, we really want you to be a part of this movie. So we're just going to create this role of Mario. And you'll oh, just fine. be Casper's best friend. So wow. Every time you saw him in the movie, I was right there. And we had to shoot some of them scenes seven, eight, nine, ten times because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Every wow. day be saying action and I'm on the side doing dancing. And all. You know, I just because a lot of times you see the cameras. Pac has a perfect example. There's three cameras, four cameras in here right now shooting every different angle. Mm-hmm. The movie scene is completely different because it's 14, 15, 16 cameras. And they're all shooting the same thing from different angles. And so we might shoot it one time from this angle and this camera. In this camera, but this camera's light lens went out, so we got to shoot it again. Or oh, I ain't like the angle of that one, and then it was a lot. All time will be six a.m. We wouldn't leave till midnight. It was a lot. I res- mucho respect to everybody who takes that as well. I was gonna ask you: Do you think that's something that no? Not interested at all. At all? At all? Not even a little bit. I mean, if it was Tyler Perry money, then something different, but. <laughs> I'm cool on being a guy that's getting, yeah. you know. And I feel like I did all right for that movie. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, I did okay. But nah. You know, it was cool too because, you know, I, Kyrie was my guy growing yeah. up. You know, I, like I said, I played at Memphis. Strick was my coach at Memphis. Rod Strickland, rather. Strick was my coach at Memphis. Strick is Killer's godfather. Mm-hmm. So when Killer used to come in town to see his godfather, I, you know, he'd come to my room. we play video games all the time. Like he was just, he was the, he was the little homie. And then when I saw him play the first time, I'm like, no fucking way. This, this is the same kid. Like, no way. Wow. Yeah, so as I, I get older in college and I'm watching, I'm hearing about Kyrie Irving this and Kyrie Irving that, and I'm looking like, oh, no, he's really good. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know him as that. I knew him as the kid that couldn't beat me in 2K. <laughs> it's just, that's who he was to me. Like, you know, every time he came, I didn't mind him. Right. I like playing video games. Right. I like playing video games. That was my selling point. For every recruit that came to Memphis, Cal gave me every one of them. Passioner, Josh Passioner gave me every kid. I hosted every recruit because I was the kid. I was I was what they were. Same thing. When they, I don't want to go to the club. I don't want to. That wasn't me. Yeah. I, I sit in the house and play video games all, all day. day. That was my thing. And that's what kids want to do. Now, if you wanted to go out for sure, yeah. you know, I, I'd take you where you want to go. I'd take you out. We can go to a frat party, all that type of stuff. See, I didn't, I didn't have the the stardom like you did. Can you stop saying that? Why, I, you, keep, why you keep going, circling the block, going back to that? Every time we talk about something, you got the stardomness. No, man. That's I'm a, the truth. I am like, a school basketball You coach. don't realize I was just in, uh, I'm not going to tell you where I work at, but I was at work, and there was this guy that came in. Off the gate, I knew he was a basketball player. I didn't know if he was a current. He was tall because black. he was tall. Wait, no, because okay, he was I'm just sorry. tall. That's the sense of the world we live in. 
He was just tall. So he walks in. Was he black, in. yes or no? Yes, Spoon. He was black, if you must know. Okay. Anyways, he comes in. <laughs> he comes in and... Of course, I'm trying to remain professional. I don't want to ask him, like, you know, all these questions that has anything to do with his demographics or anything right. like that. So I asked him, I said, hey, so um, you're, you know, look, you're here looking for something, right? He said, yes, I'm here looking to move in X, Y, and Z. So at the end of his tour, I had to ask him. I said, hey, I'm so sorry, but are you a basketball player? And he says, yeah, I actually used to play. I play in the big three league. And I'm like... Oh, that's so dope. And I said, well, you probably know one of my friends. His name is, Sp I didn't even say your full name. He was like, Spoon? Yeah, I know Spoon. Like, everyone knows you here in Georgia. Like, everybody. So when I say stardom, that's the reason why. Because everybody knows who you are. Like I said, the basketball community, not just in Georgia, but the basketball community everywhere is only so big. So True. It's, it's like when you're a rapper. When you're a rapper, you don't only want to hang around rappers, mm -hmm. but if I'm at work all the time and right. I'm rapping, I'm going to be around the guys that can really rap. Mm -hmm. And eventually you'll cross paths with some guys that can really right. rap. Right. So, you know, it's basketball the same way. Like I started off playing basketball just to play basketball. Mm -hmm. It was a thing in the neighborhood with my brothers, with my sister. And then before I knew it, I was playing with some of the guys that can really, really play. And mm -hmm. now it's like when they see me now, I tell my high school kids when my phone rings sometimes and it'll be in the gym. And they'll see the names that pop up on my phone. It's like, you know him? And oh, I'm you like, that guy, Cole? Yeah, like, you know him? How do you know him? And I'm like, just my friend, man. Yeah. Like, just my good friend. We just, you know, I play video games with basketball players all the time. Yeah. And, you know, my friends that That's are. so dope. That are PlayStation friends. Yeah. Like my PlayStation friends who don't know me in real life. Mm -hmm. you know, my famous friends join the chat. It's like. How you know him? And I'm like, wow. now they get to asking me who I am. And yeah. I'm just like, bro, I, just, I am I'm nobody. Just oh, I'm my just goodness, bro. I am. Leave me alone, man. You know, it's that 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 is it's a blessing for sure mm -hmm. to have went the, the route I went to have been able to live the life that I live up until this point. It's super dope, man, because yeah. like you said, when I go places now, it's it's hard for people not to know me. Mm -hmm. A lot of times because I'm still in the gym right. you know, all the time. I go to the gym and it's gyms that I'm in mostly. Yeah. But you know the the basketball community ain't but so big, man. Mm -hmm. So you know the when you talk about AAU basketball and yeah. I go to the gyms and I see the coaches, the the college coaches now are the guys that were playing when I was playing. Mm -hmm. So you know they they know me too. So right. now I'm talking to my kids about, hey man, look, I know what he's gonna want. Yeah. In a kid, like I know what. I know what it takes to get to that point. I'm not mm -hmm. just talking just to talk. Mm -hmm. like, listen, bro. Mm -hmm. Well, look, so we ran out of time. We can go on and on and on. For sure. You know, we can. We get to talking. Um, but I'm so excited for this podcast. Um, you guys can find us on Spotify and Apple. Um, tell everybody how they can find you on social media. At Spoon7O's11. Look, why do you have so many O's? Quick story. I'm a freshman in college. Okay. My mom comes and drops me off. She leaves and comes back maybe a month later. And we go to eat downtown in Memphis. And we're driving to this spot, and she looks up, almost crashes the car. Like She almost swerves and crashes the car. We look up, and there's a big billboard. My face on it, spoon, 7 -0s. So that's what my Instagram wow. came about. Dang. Okay. Go ahead. Finish. Sorry. Spoon 7 S-P-7-0s, N-11. On every social media platform. 
I like how you have it consistent. And you can follow your girl JQ on all platforms at JQ Sports PR. Again, that's JQ Sports PR. Thank y'all for tuning in. Until next time, we're out. Counted me out. <laughs>